Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. I'm so excited about today's episode. Um, I've been working with Derek from Hydration Records now for a couple months as we've been working through uh, helping him build his platform and, and just working on some things. And I'm so excited for you to hear this story. This is honestly one of my favorite episodes I've done in, in, in since the beginning and one of my favorite labels because I think what Hydration Records has done, and you can check them out by going to hydrationrecords.com. <clears throat> Basically, before they were a record label, they started this YouTube channel and this blog, and we get into it, so I don't want to spoil it, but they've built this uh, gospel music platform uh, that is... that that is a super micro niche. And, and this is what we really dive into about how it's not just this, um, you know, small niche genre, which gospel music is, but it's even more niche than that because it's R&B gospel, it's hip hop and Afro beats and lo-fi gospel. This is something that almost hasn't existed before this. And so that's why they're thriving. That's why they have over 180,000 subscribers on their YouTube channel. They have Spotify playlists that are approaching 10,000 followers. It's incredible what they've built. And now they're launching a record label. This is honestly one of my favorite labels. I love to see what they're doing. And I think you're going to get so much out of today's episode. I won't spoil any more for you, uh, but I'm very excited for today's episode. I want to mention before we dive in, if you are running a label and you're thinking, I need to hire a lawyer because we're just signing a new artist or, um, you know, I have a great opportunity and I need to speak to a music attorney about this, but where do I find one? Or maybe you're thinking, I have a project that needs to be professionally mastered. How do I know where to find a trusted mastering engineer? I've put together a directory. It's If you go to otherrecordlabels.com slash directory, this is where I'm collecting service providers and industry professionals who can help our labels, people that I've had on the show before, <clears throat> people that I respect. These are only people that... Um, have been friendly with our community and are, are part of our community and engage with our community. And there are people, they, these are service providers who are recommended by the labels and used by the labels or used by me. Um, and so go to otherrecordlabels.com slash directory if you're looking for help with bio writing, if you need a music attorney, if you want to put together a college radio campaign, all of that can be found at otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. Okay, so I, you know, I really, there are so many questions I have and I'm very, very, very excited because this is a unique label um, for so many reasons. And, and you know, you and I have spoke before and so I know a little bit more about the label, but what I want to do is I want to go back to the beginning because I know the label is called Hydration Records. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. But I know you have a YouTube channel, and if I'm not wrong, you started that first. So can you explain the origins of gospel hydration and and maybe how that how that grew? Yeah, so we started off as um, gospel hydration, and um, the main focus for that was really to um, try to create more awareness as well for the alternative Christian music, which was not worship, because mm. we felt that worship was well, that's the main sort of genre that um, is associated with Christian music. So everyone knows about it already, but there was a lot of artists who um, were, were doing it, but they weren't necessarily known or there wasn't awareness of them, um, but they were doing like more of the alternative sounds. So there wasn't really a platform for them. Mm. So there wasn't really um, people supporting it. So I thought, why not create a um, platform where we can showcase a lot more of this music. So that's um, how Gospel Hydration started because there was a lack of it at first. And I thought this is a little niche and a little area, but um, I felt that there was a lot of um, a lot of opportunity as well to be able to help support artists who were growing in that field. And so you and your your choice of this platform was YouTube. Yeah, so the first choice was um, YouTube. Why? Why that, as opposed to a blog or SoundCloud or any um, other option? I think with YouTube, we was able to like um, accompany it with visuals as well. Sometimes, mm -hmm. and also when um, artists were doing music videos, it made it a lot more easier. And I felt that there was a lot of people. Well, during the time that we um, sort of set it up, it was. Um, 
a lot of people were on YouTube like listening to music um, because I, I think there was there were streaming platforms, but um, I think it wasn't people weren't on them as much. So Spotify wasn't as big as it is now. So it was a lot more just YouTube for um, music and things like that. Right. And this was before YouTube Music as well. Okay. So, um, it it was there wasn't much on YouTube to do with music. So um, we came in just before um, YouTube introduced YouTube Music. Yeah. And and, and what year were, were, did you start the YouTube channel? So we started it in two thousand and. 16? Yeah, 2016. Okay, okay, that's incredible. I think, I don't know if it's still the case, but I remember definitely back in 2016 um, that YouTube was the biggest music platform in the world. Like, it's basically the the place where music lis- is listened to the most. I don't know if that's still yeah. the case. It probably th- is. Yeah, I think it still is. I think it's quite it's quite big and... YouTube music did affect us a little bit when they when they rolled that out. But, oh, how so? Um, um, because of the with the YouTube music, because we mostly showcase that audios and yeah. um, visuals as well. So the artists, um, it's more of a submission platform now. But um, it's like I, fe- I felt as though YouTube were trying to now not push more channels that showcase music like we did, but kind of. Um, wanted to create their own and obviously introduce subscriptions and things like that. So I see. uh, Yeah. Were you monetizing this channel back in 2016 or in 2017? Oh, no, it wasn't monetized until we, um, so we did start monetizing once we passed a thousand subscribers. Okay. Um, Yeah. So we started monetizing it at that time. And um, a lot of the artists still monetize their own songs on the platform, but we only monetize the ones that we have like um, um, permission to as well. Yes, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Okay, I want you to, I know you're a humble guy, but I want you to take a second and brag. And if you don't, I'm going to brag for you. But can you tell <laughs> tell us how big it, this has all grown now that we are, you know, six years later? Yeah, so six years later, and we're probably hitting, um, well... I think we're probably around 187,000 subscribers at the wow, moment. That's incredible. So, yeah, so it's grown quite a lot. And our biggest month, actually, where we've done like loads of subscribers, I think it was in um, it was in 2020, actually. In oh, the during pandemic. the pandemic. Yeah, we've we done about um, 10,000 subscribers in one month, which wow. was incredible. Yeah, so it, it's been growing a lot and we're growing probably at a rate now about a thousand to two thousand subscribers a month, which is that's incredible. Yeah, quite good. What do you attribute to the growth of the the platform you've created? Why do you think it's growing so fast and has grown so big? I think is it's it's because there's not um it's it's very niche, so it's a ah. small like kind of subsector of like the huge of the music industry. But I feel like. Because it's in a niche, there's not as much sort of competition for it. So there's not many blogs like us. Right. Or if or if there were, uh, I can count them on one hand. <laughs> so so it's like there's a lot there's a lot of room and space for a lot of platforms in that area, but there's very f- few who actually are are doing it. So it, that's probably like kind of accounted to a lot of our growth because every time we um, we get so many messages every single day or every single week saying they've never heard this sort of music before. Yeah, and I've told so, you that before. I've told yeah, you that before. You said that yeah, as well. Yeah. So it's re- it's really nice to get their messages, and it's kind of interesting as well because um, it's a, it's an interesting genre, but it's um it's a genre that it, it, there's there is a lot more like kind of it's flex it's flexible. So people it's like sort of new, but Mm-hmm. still i don't know still interesting to a lot of people yeah, yeah 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 i i think that you hit the nail on the head and do you think when when it comes to your niche and what 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 we call micro niche because it's not just a niche it's a niche niche of a niche and yeah. um and uh i love to hear you also pronounce it niche like uh, any non-american who the americans <laughs> seem to put a t in it for some reason but anyway um so i 
What I'm curious though, do you think that if you had been more broad of a YouTube channel, do you think that would have hurt your success? Like, I, I guess I'm asking you the opposite of what you've already answered, but if you had included other types of gospel music? Um, yeah, I think it, I think it would have been seen as um, a lot more generic and mm -hmm. I feel like it would have probably had a lot more competition as well for it. Right. Um, because there were loads of like worship um, collectives and all of these big um, like worship groups, and I feel, I feel like they're they're good in in what they do, but I feel that a lot of them lack the sort of um, the real actual connection with a lot of the culture as well. So I feel like we like my whole sort of vision for it was really um, to showcase music which actually could connect with um, the everyday culture as well, because I wanted to showcase music that I listen to on my radio like when I'm in the car driving but I don't always listen to worship so yeah it's, it's it's kind of that's what I was really going for so I felt that that could connect with people a lot more than just just worship really yeah well yeah. I, and I think that's what's so interesting about your platform I mean I, th I think you're uh a good curator and a great business person, and and I I think there's the there's other reasons, and and you have great design and great aesthetic, but this the genre is also a big piece of this interesting pie for me, and and we've talked about this before, and one of the things that just completely lit me up when I was on this channel is because my preconceived ideas of what Christian music was was completely shattered when I when I came to your site and I listened to music and I'm a fan I'm a I'm a fan of the music it's <laughs> <Yeah>. so good <laughs> and it's interesting because uh, you know it's not what I would have thought of when I when I hear gospel or even Christian to me that's like traditional um, you know, Southern gospel, maybe, uh, yeah. or it's the the white Nashville contemporary or or worship, yeah. like you said. Um, how did you? How do you describe this genre? Um, and and how did you kind of stumble upon it or or get excited about it? Um. So so I think when I was younger, I was about probably about nineteen twenty, and um, my my. Um, I went to an event, there was a big event in my um, area in London and I went to the event and then I heard, because I, I, I grew up in church, but I, I only knew worship really mm. and I only knew that sort of contemporary sort of sound. So when I actually went to this event in London, it was it was to do with a church, but then there was there was like rappers up there and there was um, there was just... And I was so shocked. Because I, was just like, I, was like, I didn't know that there was this sort of stuff. There. Yeah. And and to me at first I was thinking, what is this? Like this is a bit weird to me because I'm not I'm not used to that. Yeah. Sound. So it was it was it was really interest interesting because that's my first encounter with it. But I felt that um, so it's a big gap um, between then and when I started actually gospel hydration. But it was. Um, I think it was that time of seeing that and really hearing like the different that it can be done in 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 church as well. And I felt I, I felt like why wasn't it done more? Because I felt that it's like the church was so out of touch with just everything that mm. it just felt that why aren't we doing things like this more? Because this is what really connects us and like keeps us there yeah. as well. So yeah. it was it was it was really different, but really nice to hear something different as well. Do you think that your channel provokes or inspires people to create within this new genre? And I, and I want you to kind of define the genre before we move on. But I, I'm, I'm curious, like, is there just artists that you've had to discover out there who are already doing it? Or do you think that your label and your platform is kind of like promoting this genre and actually creating new artists within that genre? Yeah, I think we definitely are because I think because um, since we've been here, there's been a lot of artists who have grown hugely just off of the channel as well. Because mm. um, there's a few artists that are doing like now they're doing over a million um, monthly listeners on Spotify and wow. things just from being um, people being like they're them being made aware of on the channel. So it is it is something which is really putting people on but also showcasing a lot of different talent because mm -hmm. there's like um afro beats there's um 
grime, there's hip hop, there's um, lo-fi, there's um, so many different genres, but um, it's, it is kind of, people are getting a lot more creative with it. So they're really kind of just mixing up the genres and trying to just create even genres within genres. So there's no name for a lot of, <laughs> a lot of it. So it's quite interesting. What are, really. what are some of the genres that if you had to uh, describe so I'd say like the bit a big one which is growing quite a lot is the easy listening sort of lo-fi sound mm-hmm. which is which is coming up and we we know lo-fi obviously has a lot of mix of genres as well but it's um with the sound it's like it's it's worship but transformed into music which is more upbeat so it's not it's not your contemporary style so they've taken sort of elements of the worship and made it into a something which is a little different mm-hmm. and um so i'd probably it's it's weird but I, w- I wouldn't know what necessarily to call it in the in the actual okay yeah yeah i i wonder too like um is there a benefit to the fact that you can assume that gospel music is clean music too because i know there's a lot of people who maybe you're driving with kids in the car or something and they, whenever I'm listening to like a podcast with my wife in the car and the kids are in the back seat and there's like tons of swearing or <laughs> I always have to like change <laughs> yeah. the speakers to the front, you know? <laughs> and like, yeah. 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 <laughs> so like, is that like a, a selling point of this kind of music in a way? Yeah, hugely. I think it definitely is hugely because I produce a lot of the lo-fi as well that I do myself and um, I'm, I'm able to just listen to it when I'm in the in the in the um, car with my kids and a lot of people love it and they pl- put it into their playlist for like um, just youth clubs, um, just loads of different mm-hmm. kind of avenues where there is a lot of um, connection with kids and young people yeah. because they don't really want the very, I don't know, aggressive like kind of swearing or right. um, in in their music. So um, they we do get reached out to a lot for sort of playlists or things which are clean as well. Didn't didn't yeah. um Kanye West like ban swearing in the last like couple of albums, I think. I did yeah, have you heard I that? think he done yeah. yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he done a couple <laughs> which of Which is albums. so bizarre in, in <laughs> yeah. hip hop. Uh, it's true. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh what so what do you can you describe the 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 listener avatar a little bit? Like I don't know especially going back to 2017, 2018 um, when you were basically, your audience was primarily YouTube listeners. I don't know what kind of analytics YouTube gives you, but what do you know about who these people are? Yeah, so what, what was interesting is um, a lot of them were very, like it was a very young mark. Well, in between the ages of 18 and 35, and the funny thing is it was actually more majority um, women listeners. Um, okay which was quite interesting. And um, the good thing about YouTube and the web is that we're able to reach people beyond just the UK. So sure. our big, our biggest um, audience was actually um, America. But Amer- I, I know that why that would have been because America's huge anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even they, outside of that, though, they would probably be drawn to this music. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But it was, um, yeah, the age gap was probably 18 to 35 and okay. that was quite interesting to me because um, I felt like a lot of churches were sort of kind of um, um, not dominated but filled with a lot of people who were maybe over that age like oh, sure. the church I grew up with were like very older like people and it's interesting that this meets like the younger sort of generation yeah yeah, yeah. Um, how Okay, so then how did that inspire the creation of the record label separate from the YouTube channel? Yeah, so um, I, cause, because of the growth of it and how fast it was growing, I felt that there was a lot of artists that I liked myself that I felt that if they could have a little more of a push, then I would love to be able to be on that journey with them and really help them um, build their catalogue and help them just put out music and really support them in the marketing side. So like I was like first the first thing for funnily enough was I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it when I hit 
20,000 subscribers. I'm going to start the label. But then we'd done the 10,000 in one month, but then I was like, oh, we can't start it. No, because... Wait, 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 wait. You did 10,000 in one month? Yeah, 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 remember. Yeah, oh, right, 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 right. 10, oh, 10, not your first subscribers. month. No, 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 not the first month. Oh, okay, so sorry. We, so so <laughs> we, we, we were out for a couple of months and um, I said, like, my, I had my plan down that um, we'll start the label when we hit 20,000 subscribers. But then we hit, when we done the 10,000 in one month, it fast-tracked us massively. So I was just saying, no, we can't do that. Right. We don't have the sort of like facility to actually um, put it in right now. But um, so we ended up starting it when we actually hit probably 80 to 90,000 subscribers. Um, so that, that oh, happened. Okay. Yeah. So that was. Um, when did you hit the 100,000? So 100,000, I think we hit that. Um, um, probably during the pandemic, maybe like. and. Oh no! Sorry, we hit that just before um, the pandemic. Oh, okay. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we hit that just before the pandemic. <clears throat> so we, that was really interesting that we hit that like that, and you obviously get a YouTube um, <laughs> plaque and stuff. Yeah, like that. that's so fun. That's I, fun. I was so excited about that when I got that. I was I like, showing it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are, do you have fans on the platform? That I mean, I, I would imagine there'd be fans who would feel some sort of ownership over the the success of the platform when you hit 100,000 like do you have a community that's on YouTube um yeah we do um but a lot of it is on Instagram as well but um, okay yeah on on YouTube I remember when we hit the 100,000 mark it's funny because we had I I I didn't I knew we were close to 100,000 but it was actually one of our fans that um direct messaged us and said Guys, you just hit over <laughs> and that was like that was incredible. When I went over, I was like, "Wow, like this is crazy." So it's actually the fans that pointed it out to me. Yeah, yeah. That we oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you have um, thirty-two, almost thirty-three thousand followers on Instagram. So what role does Instagram play for the label? So, um, or so sorry, Insta- for the platform and the label, I, sus- I suppose. Yeah, so that's um, re- really I was only um, I only set up the Instagram um, just as a page at first, so um, just in case anyone else tried to take it or something, so yeah. I just set it up. But then it was just accumulating um, followers without even posting content on there, which was interesting. Uh-huh. And then um, then we started actually being more intentional with the Instagram, but this was more later on. So if we maybe started it at the same time, it probably would have reached maybe a lot more um, growth than it is. It, well, it's still growing quite fast now, but um, it probably would have gone even further. But um, with Instagram, that's um, where we market a lot of the content, which is on YouTube, but also um, put out content which people can just connect with like, you know, sometimes the memes or something which kind of can connect with just yeah. the listeners as well. So you you wanted to start the label at 20,000. You ended up starting at around 80,000 or so. And and so this, from what I know about you and, and the label, you are this platform and you're the biggest platform in this in this micro niche. And yeah. so artists who are writing and recording for this music need to get their music onto your channel to reach those listeners. And so people are submitting to you, that's correct, to, yeah. to for you to to um uh feature their music. And so then what are what is your thoughts with with the label? What why did you want to do that? Um as opposed to just continuing to act as a blog or a radio station? Um, I think as well, because um, I, cause I produced a lot myself and um, I felt like with the label, because um, what was happening a lot of the time was, it's funny because as a label you see, you see, or as a platform you see this happening where there were a few artists that came on the platform and they got huge and then they stopped submitting music to the platform because... Uh. They they already had like well they grown oh, their network yeah. and thing yeah. beyond um, the platform so um, they stopped obviously 
um, sending in music because they felt that that their discovery was already sure there. So sure, that happened a couple of times, and um, it it kind of like I was thinking that okay, this is what what do I do because if I because it's not going to be there forever. So and that, I thought we need a way to be able to expand a little bit, but also um, have a little more ownership over some of the music, but yeah. be able to support um, artists as well. So we started the Hydration Records um, label side, and with that, we're able to obviously submit music through our platform as well, but also at the same time, um, be part of their growth. Um so that's what kind of triggered a lot of the label, I would say. I think this is, you know, one of the most incredible things. And I've talked to you about this before. And this amazing quote that I, you know, I've built a business off of, which is the idea of, you know, without an audience, nothing is possible. With an audience, anything is possible. And this fact that yeah. you have, you started with a built in audience, you know, any record label in your genre would be salivating at what you've already created. And I know our listeners are thinking, gosh, how can I create a, a, a built-in listenership like that around a genre too? Because that's such a beautiful thing is now that you have a record label, you're still promoting artists who are not on your label, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's really incredible. And wh Now, why... I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but why a separate entity... Gospel, you have Hydration Records and then the platform, the blog and the YouTube channel and the Instagram uh, is Gospel Hydration. So why a completely separate entity as opposed to just like making it a menu option on Gospel Hydration or calling it Gospel Hydration? Um, I, I, want, I wanted it to be more... Because um, I feel sometimes when people hear the word gospel in front of something, they kind of think that oh this is just heavily Christian or oh, sure. sometimes maybe too like maybe worshipy or like you're saying like it sounds like it's gonna be like the Nashville sort of sound of yeah. you. So with <laughs> hydration records, um I was able to people wouldn't see that straight away. Okay. Um but they'll be able to judge the music a lot more by just what it sounds like instead of um the the title in front of it. So I wanted it to be different but also because of the platform I wanted to to be separate where it's like people knew that, okay, this is the record label and this is the um platform. Um No, that makes that makes total yeah. sense. So what do you look for? Because you're I know you're getting daily submissions to the platform. So when something comes in, what I mean, obviously we know when something goes into the discard pile and it, it's not going to be featured anywhere, but then yeah. how do you know? Okay, this just goes on a playlist on our YouTube channel, or we just upload the MP3. Versus, hey, hang on a second, I want to invest in this artist and sign this artist to my label. What what's the thought process between those two options? Um. So what? So what I try to do is that when I listen to a lot of the music, I like to look at their socials as well because I feel like mm -hmm. socials are a big part of. Um, actually like if they're active and they're quite um they're doing a lot of things on their socials and they're, and they're gathering sort of an audience around their music i think that's like sort of a good sort of start with looking at what um who you should sign as well because i feel like some because some artists that um i made a mistake actually when we first um started the label and and signed an artist that um ended up deleting all their social medias, which is fine. <sighs> I it, it kind of it, it wasn't as easy to sort of promote um their their music and really um push like them in the direction of trying to grow their listener base and things like that. And they wanted to stay on SoundCloud instead of going to all the streaming platforms. Oh, but okay. Yeah, so they they was very they wanted to just stay there and they were very sort of adamant that they wanted to stay on SoundCloud yeah. and all of that. So it wasn't as it wasn't easy with that, but um it's usually someone who is quite open and um is 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 happy to be able to just be like, okay, hey, let's get your music out there and let's go everywhere we can really. Yeah. And be part of the journey with you. 
gospel Christian is interesting because it's, you know, gospel or Christian, but it's interesting because it's one of the only genres that is defined by the lyrics or sometimes the artists themselves, as opposed to the music or the instrumentation. Is that still true? Um. I would say yeah, probably yeah, yeah. yeah it's still, it's still true. Like with the, um, um, with the lyrics, um, there are a lot more that are broadening out, um, and um, they wouldn't necessarily define it by that. Um, it'll be just defined by maybe just who they are as okay. well. Yeah, um, sure. And obviously, what they believe in as well. But um, there is a lot more um, crossovers now that are happening, which is I think is good and. It's it's nice to not have it in a box too much, right? Um, yeah, so that's that's what I think is happening a lot more now, which is good. Do your artists resent having the the label at all, or, or or are they afraid of adopting it? Like I would imagine, a lot of artists want to be recognized for their talent and their art, not necessarily being defined by anything other than that, like their beliefs or or their even necessarily their their lyrics. Like, is that something that? Some artists that you work with push up against. Um, yeah, they do. They do. I think they do fear it a lot because um, I feel like it's not a cool thing to say you're doing gospel musical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, a lot of them do have that sort of problem, and it's funny because it comes up in topic quite a lot, and it's very interesting when I speak to a lot of artists and they're saying they're not sure what, like, how they should sort of do it, and. Um, I think because it's almost like you're getting one side of it, you're getting a lot of judgment from um, the church, but then the other side of it, you're getting a lot of judgment from people who are not Christians. Yeah, sure. It's 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 very difficult to kind of for them to navigate that space as well. Do you have it on your to do list to kind of redefine the word gospel for the world? Because I mean, it's it's um, when I think of gospel, I think of big black churches in America with all the robes kind of like dancing and clapping and singing those big oh, yeah. songs, which by the way, I, I went to a church in Virginia when I was on a school trip years and years ago. And, oh man, I can't remember the song they sang, but it was a classic and it was like a moving experience. It was one of the most incredible music experiences ever. It was like yeah. you'd see on TV, <laughs> but that's the association with gospel. And, yeah. and you know, and and I'm also thinking of like, people in their 50s and above, um, not necessarily conservative music or like um, tight collar music, definitely like upbeat and fun. But um, I'd imagine like nothing like the, the the kind of the, you know, Afro pop music I'm hearing from you guys. Is that something yeah. you hope to redefine? Yeah, definitely. That's something I'm really trying to redefine and make people know that it's not just it's it's a lot more broader than that as well. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's what um a lot of um what stopped us in the beginning getting to this like kind of stage we are now because it was even like churches didn't re- really even take us seriously because a, a lot of young people just doing this sort of music and the churches are thinking what that's not gospel music. Yeah. <laughs> So it's trying to redefine like what people think of what the genre is. Um, I think we're doing the right thing. We're going in the right direction as well, which is good. I, I 100% agree. You're in the UK, and um, which our, our listeners have already put together <laughs> from your voice. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a completely different sonic approach of, as we've been discussing to Christian music. Um, that is more common uh, in America. Do you feel separate from mainstream Christian music? Are you just doing your own thing or do you receive any support or recognition from American Christian music scene? I don't know what exists in that world, if there are blogs or if there are channels, but are you separate from that Nashville scene? Do you want to be separate or, or, or do you receive any support from them? Um, at the moment, I would say it's, it's it is really quite separate, and um, I think it would be nice to be able to um, maybe connect with um, them scenes a little more. Not necessarily by replicating them or kind of putting their music on, but more 
if there was some sort of support or anything. And it was quite interesting because when I started this and when I when I sort of grew it to the place it got to, there was a lot of people um, in support of it. But what was happening was I, I, I was going a lot further than a lot of them had gone already. Mm-hmm. So they would they did they didn't know how to really help <laughs> with the with what yeah, I was doing now. So that's true. It, it it was it was interesting because I had people who were much older than me um, on on radio, and they wanted me to do a radio show, and um, they they kind of were speaking to me, and I was trying to figure out what we can do, but they didn't know what to do really because <sighs> I had already exceeded a lot of even their listenership, and they've been doing it for years, <laughs> which was interesting. Oh gosh! So, so it was it, it, it was interesting, and. Um, it's been very difficult to kind of just do it as how we've been doing it because a lot of churches do want you to be under them as well. So if if um, I was wanting to do an event somewhere, the church would would be like, okay, do this in collaboration with our church or do this like with them. And that's what was happening a lot. But I chose not to do that and really just keep it set apart because I felt like sometimes when you put it under something or it has another entity controlling it. It stops a lot of the creativity yeah. and the music as well. And and do any of your artists have any of your artists been played on um, or getting any attention from Christian radio in America? Because I know that Christian radio in America is is really big, very competitive, and can make or break artists. And it's still today, um, very much how radio used to be for all of the genres. Have yeah. any of your artists? Had any success with traditional Christian radio in America? Oh yeah, we have had a few radios reach out, and and we've we've had a few plays as well, which is good. Cool. Um, on on the on the radios in America, which is good, and also the UK as well. Okay. Um, so that's really cool. And the funny thing is, we actually have um, radio stations like in France and different countries all um, hitting us up to get. The music onto their radio as well, which is really good. Oh, cool! That's very cool. I'm curious about your fans. How did they normally consume music? I, I've got to think it's different in other genres. Um, specifically, I'm curious about what physical formats, if any, they're interested in. I know that your YouTube audience, they'd be young, um, and if they're consuming music on YouTube, obviously we know that's how they consume music. But has physical uh, or or merch or anything like that? played a role with your label? Um, we we haven't started much yet, which I definitely need to get on <laughs> like soon. But yeah. that's um, one area that I feel that we can, because in America, there's a lot of like sort of Christian music and merch, which does really well. Right. Um, it does so well. And I feel like the label could um, definitely benefit from creating merch, um, which can like help the fans feel more, much more connected to the artists as well at the label as well. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to, um, that's definitely the plans to do. I, um, well, that's great. Going back to, yeah. just going back to the industry for a second, what about Spotify? I know that they have a playlist for everything and they have a lot of sub, sub, sub genre playlists if you know how to look for them. Um, yeah. Your playlists do exceptionally well, but but um, has Spotify caught on to this genre at all? Yeah, they've they've caught on to it. The funny thing is, they've caught on to it like a lot more recently as well. Okay, in the past year, they've there's been that whole load of Christian sort of alternative playlists and these sort of fields. But I think I feel like it's funny because I think they're seeing what we're doing because we actually got approached by. Um, a, a, a sub label from like um, one of the big labels, and they asked us to do a distribution deal with them. Uh-huh. Um, I declined it at first, but um, this was maybe like a few years back as well. And um, it's like they're starting to see the growth in this sort of area, and I feel like they're really sort of pushing to um, get more things on. So there's a lot of there's a lot more playlists which sort of. Um, we've had songs go, get into as well, which is um, really to do with the subgenre, um, apart from worship, which is really interesting. Have any of your artists or the artists that have been that you have helped promote have they made it onto 
um, some of the more mainstream Christian playlists on Spotify, because that's really where record labels, I'm sure, would be searching for indie artists is on some of those bigger Christian playlists. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they have actually. Like, they've had a couple of um, songs in there. Like Ryan Hilton's had a few songs in some of the bigger playlists, okay. um, which was really good. Yeah. Um, and there's been quite a lot of artists who have come through our channel, which have been um, like huge, like um, on huge playlists. Um, so there's one artist called Limo Blaze. Um, he's in the UK, but he's been on. He um, has been on. Um, there's a Reach Records. Um, I'm not sure yeah, if you know them, yeah, but yeah, I know yeah, them. The, yeah, yeah. He, he's been on um, a album with them, and he's been on a track with Lecrae and Jadena. So okay, he, he's been on a lot of big things like that, and I feel like there's a lot more of that happening now. Right. Um, and I think the UK, because the UK Christian scene is not as big as obviously America, but I feel like it's gro- it is growing in um, its influence in that scene as well. So I feel like they're connecting a lot more because of that. Yeah. As we've been talking, I've been searching for uh, Christian playlists on on Spotify just to see like what is popular. Christian Mix has half a million plays or half a million followers. Um, and I, <laughs> as I'm scrolling down, I found. Um, uh, Christian instrumental chill. I think that's funny. Like, what is Christian instrumental music? <laughs> that's kind of bizarre. Anyway, um, uh, I, I find this so fascinating. I mean, we have, yeah. it's such a joy to talk to you because we have have had, you know, probably a hundred record labels on here. We've never yet had a gospel label. And we've never yet had a, a Christian label. And it's very fascinating because, you know, I know that genre has been, evolving over the years and and kind of uh changing uh, and and it's a very weird genre because it's it's based on something other than the music which is so so always so fascinating but what you're doing is so di- different from that and outside of the american scene which is so cool um yeah I just, I, yeah, I'm absolutely blown away. Can you can you tell me a little bit about refresh nights because this is an in person thing, and and a lot of our labels, myself included, fail to to get out there and meet people and do real life events. Um, tell me a little bit about refresh nights. Yes, yeah, so refresh nights was really good. I really thought that um, it would like because we could, we can connect with um, our audience and fan base a lot online which we've sort of proved and been able to just be like okay most people know that it's good to actually build that but having something offline as well which people can connect face to face I feel like it builds a lot more deeper connection with a lot of the listeners and a lot of the fans of the platform so refresh nights we have every single month and we pick four artists that we just think we're going to be just great for that month and usually them it's more sort of chilled so it's more um in like indie sort of um indie sort of r&b um like kind of more easy listening like jazz sort of like kind of this which that we usually have on there mm. and that's every single month so we have it like in a coffee shop as well which is really nice because oh, cool. it's quite quirky and um it's 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 just a it's not inside the church so we're, re- we're really trying to hit against the sort of traditional like what people think straight away so we have it in the coffee shop we have it like in the middle of um Shoreditch in London which is um is there's a place called Brick Lane which is really quirky and it's a really nice area. It's like the hot spot in London. Oh wow! Which is really good. So we have that every month, and it does so well. Cause we sell out within the first week of um, selling tickets. Usually, that's so crazy. And, um, it, it it shows that there is an audience for it, and um, it's that live music is live music. People like to just come and listen and have a coffee with it, or have a drink or something. And it's it's really cool to do that. How like what? Uh, what is it about you? Like I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. Like I mean, you do these these coffee shop nights, which, by the way, millions of us have tried to do and failed. Like, and you're selling them out, and you have a, a YouTube channel and a silver plaque, and and like, like how is it? Like, I, I'm just kind of curious. Like, what do you think? Like, 
is the the magic ingredient for you building these platforms and having it work? Yes. Um it's funny because I get this question quite a lot, and it's 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 sometimes difficult to sort of answer it. But I feel I feel I definitely feel that um because it is a niche within a niche, um it's you're you're able to capture an audience that not many people have already. So you don't have to do some crazy sort of marketing or advertising to grab the attention of um, fans. But even if we'd done that, it would actually probably benefit us even more because it's such a niche and niche that you'd get all the people who are actually core, hardcore fans for this sort of sound. Right. And they're all looking for something like this. And that's what we get so much as well. We get messages saying, we've been looking for like platforms that do this or we've been looking for playlists that just have like sort of this on there. Yeah. And 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 that's the sort of market or audience that we're, we're reaching. There's a lot of people who are actually looking for this sort of sound. And it's not just a stumble upon, it's more intentional people been saying that they've been looking for years or looking for months. Yeah, for, sure. <laughs> yeah, this sort of That's sound. Crazy. So I feel like it is because it's such a niche that... um because sometimes you can have a niche which is a bit too small, but the good thing about this niche is that it's it's not as small as everyone think, but it's more that it's the awareness of it which needs to be that's right um, created more of. So really, we could probably get to a million subscribers if we really put in a lot of marketing and advertising. And because I feel like it's something that people want but they just are not aware of it oh yeah and that's interesting because you're you are you're right you're a micro niche and so it but it's not just that there's a finite amount of fans of this niche and that you'll never be able to make more of them you know as soon as somebody hears afro beats you know but with inspirational lyrics it's like yeah. oh i didn't know that existed i'm instantly a fan and that's very yeah, interesting yeah yeah, that's what I feel is is going. So I feel like we're going to just keep growing and growing, and now it's trying to figure out how we can, okay, grow a bit faster, but also meet the needs because we update the playlist like every week, every yeah. Friday we try to update it, update them, and trying to grow them as well. Um, and I feel like it's just going crazy. Like we do a post, and some of them get such high engagement. And it's just it's just crazy the engagement sometimes that we get. That's crazy. So where do you go from here? Like, is it um, the 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 label that gets your attention, or or is it the channel? Like, what what's the you know what's the plan for for continuing and for growing more? So we are going to be a bit more aggressive with our um, advertising, which. Um, we think it's a lot more important, but also creating more sort of shows mm-hmm. within the within the actual channel. And I think we spoke about that a bit before as well. So I've had a lot of sort of fresh ideas of how we can like sort of game shows and things which we can put into integrate into the channel. Sure, which which can take a lot of these artists and get them like it could be like even. Um, I don't know, quad biking or go-karting and they go against each other and making it a bit more fun because (laughs) I feel like if you do that, you connect people a lot more to the actual artist because a lot of people are listening to the music, but now we need to bridge the gap between the artists and the fans um, to help it even grow even more. Well, I think as we've been working together, you and I offline, it's, it's, um, it's so interesting how I feel like you really haven't, scratch the surface with you know i think that you have built the audience which is incredible and you have established the genre and your name within the genre um but then you know you know the the monetization or the sustainability comes next and i think there's just so much open to you that's it's so interesting for me to watch and i hope our audience uh follows along because it's so fascinating yeah uh, it'd be amazing to see where it goes. Cause I definitely, yeah, I agree with you, and it's nice to be able to like work with you alongside that and kind of see where I'm. I'm sort of like seeing things a little different and knowing that okay, you you because you said a lot of things that um I was just like 
okay, I didn't know about that. And uh-huh. like just following your packages has been so helpful as well to a lot of my um, sort of marketing and on the label as well. Um, and it's definitely helped so much in trying to actually create a system um, instead of me doing so much legwork trying to sure. <laughs> and, well, and, being res- and being responsive, right? Like if somebody responds to a video, quickly doing more of that video or something like that, that that's not yeah. a great way. It's not a sustainable way to work no. as opposed to setting out a plan. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think what I, what I, I'm coming from a, a different world and our listeners are coming from a different world than you. And so not a lot of our, although we've, we, I've seen more and more YouTube, uh, more and more record labels that started as a channel or vice versa. But, um, and I, I think it's essential to be honest, we'll get into that another day, but I, um, now I've lost my train of thought, but I, I think it's interesting for me and my perspective, because when we first talked, um, you didn't have a band camp and I don't even know if you're really thinking about doing a band camp and, and right there is a, an incredible way for your fans to purchase actual downloads of these records. Cause not everybody wants to stream. Some people actually want to own things. And so, you know, for me coming to this perspective, I know nothing about running a label on YouTube. And so, um, I can, you know, I just found that it's so interesting. It's so interesting. It's <laughs> yeah. a, it's great. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this. Um, on, and I know that our audience is going to dive into what you've been doing and, and we all have a lot to learn from what you've built. It's so cool. Thank you for taking the time to chat. Yeah. Thank you as well for all your support as well. Oh, really I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So it's such a cool thing that you've built and to see somebody, um, building something their own way and and um, and then stumbling into the success is awesome. I have a, another question for you and a, a little game if you don't mind sticking around for our patrons. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear my extended interview with Derek, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash other record labels. And to dive into the world of gospel hydration, even if the genre isn't for you, it's still really important that you check out their platform and how they've built this incredible platform, not around them, not around the artists, not around their label, but around a genre, around a community, around a niche. I think that is critical and that is way more than just their unique selling point that is completely building building an audience that is now built in for all their future artists and future releases absolutely incredible label go to gospelhydration.com to check out their blog go to youtube.com slash gospelhydration to check out their youtube channel and their new record label is hydrationrecords.com Thanks so much for listening. Remember I talked about at the beginning of this episode, our directory. Don't forget, if you're in need of biowriting services, you want to put together a college radio campaign, if you need some royalty accounting software, or if you're looking for a mastering engineer or music attorneys, all that can be found in our ever-growing list at otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. 